Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, has come true. Featured ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan McKinnon! Strength and a chance to win! Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And we've got two more avalanche wins in the books, but not exactly in the most pretty fashion i would say a 4-1 win over the kings and a 3-2 overtime win over the montreal canadians uh not the prettiest but i mean when you go through to this point the entire month of january without a regulation loss and on a 12 game point streak it, and like we haven't played great i'd say in like over a week and we've won every single game yeah, it's the exact flip of the script from what the Avs were at the beginning of the year with their offense carrying the way. And in the past couple of games, it's been their goaltending, which I've, it's crazy to think about because probably about two weeks ago, everyone thought the Avs needed five new goaltenders. So just seeing the just seeing the uh, change in uh, mentality and how the Avs win games has been quite impressive. Yeah, I mean, like you said, in just a couple of weeks, we've gone to we need Mark Andre Fleury and we need a backup goalie to Mark Andre Fleury and we need to get rid of Kemper and we need to get rid of Francois. And now Frankie's got a shutout, Darcy's got a shutout, and now Darcy has played out of his mind in these last two games, posting over a 970 against the Kings and putting up another outstanding performance against the Canadians posting a 933. I'd argue he stole both of those games, which is exactly what we've asked him to do over the last couple of weeks and what exactly the, the pundit national media has said, like, well, their goaltending is not stealing games. There you go. That's two games we should have absolutely lost that Darcy just stole out of his ass. Yep. And Frankie, going back to the Ducks episode, he stole that one. So you could say the past three games, the Avs goaltending has won them the games because quite frankly, like Griffin was saying, the Avs have not played their best hockey at all. I'd say it's pretty far off, but that's just what happens when you're a good team. You find ways to win, even when you're not playing your best. 
Yeah, I mean, you look you look at the Kings game. The it was a rare sight because the Avalanche got kicked up and down the ice. The Kings put up over 40 shots on them. Final shots on goal in the game, 41 to 27. I mean, it is 99% of the time the other way around. Second half of a back-to-back after the Ducks game. We both came into this game expecting to lose. And I feel like everything that we said was going to happen happened, except for the fact that they won this game. Kemper played out of his mind. You get a goal from Kiefer Sherwood, of all people, in this game as well. And the scoreboard does not reflect this game at all. I I was honestly impressed by this game because I know we still gave up 41 shots, but I thought structure-wise, we kept the high danger chances to a minimum as much as we could at least. And these games are going to happen over the course of an 82-game season where you're dead tired on the second half of a back-to-back. I mean, they looked exhausted in the Ducks game even the day before. You got to find a way to win these games sometimes. I I know I shouldn't be impressed that they won this game, but just because of how bad they played, but I, I kind of walked away from this game feeling kind of good. Yeah, I did too. Um, like you said, both of us thought we were going to lose. I, I, for one, thought it was basically, we always have troubles in back-to-backs in California. Regardless of the situation, the abs always have trouble, but you got timely scoring. You got secondary scoring. You got the power play scoring and Darcy Kemper played fantastic. That was his best game as a member of the avalanche. His best game. Yeah. And it was just an unlucky bounce. The one of the few the abs had that that puck bounced right to uh, Kopitar's stick to get the Kings their one goal. Um, And I, for one, I don't know if you thought the same thing. I thought when that goal went in, I was like, okay, like it it was a good, it was a good run. I I don't think they're going to be able to hold the Kings off and sure shit. They proved me wrong. Yeah. I mean, at that point we're up two to nothing. And they give up the one. And like one thing about the Avalanche, which we'll also get to in the Habs game, is that they've blown leads at certain points. And even though it hasn't come back to to cost them all that much, I thought like, okay, if the Kings get this game tied at two, I I don't know how we push for a third one here with just how exhausted this team looks. But just it never came. Kemper continued to play out of his mind. He made some outstanding saves in this game. And yeah, we were getting outskated, but I, I felt like we were still just able to find um, just an, another dimension. It, this, this said more to me about how far this team is willing to push than any game where they've scored six, if you know what I'm talking about. I think that's fair because they had to battle in this game. Yeah. Like the, the, their skill wasn't overwhelming the Kings. Um, and they took advantage of the few opportunities they had, the power play. I think only had two opportunities. I remember that being a big. Oh, they went one for one. Was it one for one? I thought they had two. Yeah, that was a big gripe I had. I felt like it was because the abs had six PKs, right? Yeah, we we had five penalty kills and only one power play. And we had the first power play of the game. Yeah. So we went over 50 minutes with no power plays. Crazy. I don't know. I'm I'm certain that happened. I mean, I guess we weren't skating. So yeah, it's possible. But the power play was one for one. I mean, you had a goal from Kiefer Sherwood on a truly atrocious turnover by Brandon Lemieux. Ugh. That was so bad, but it's also so great to see a guy like Lemieux get, make a terrible mistake that costs his team the game. Um, yeah, I bet oh, that one bites, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going like to edit that. that out. That was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, Kiefer Sherwood, I was happy to see him score because he, he is he's just one of those fringe guys that's a really good AHL player. Um can make some impact in the NHL, but he, he's 
not, not everyone can be a good player in the NHL. I mean, that's just the way it is. But to see a guy like that score his first goal with the Avs, and I, I think he's been very serviceable this past two years that he's been with the Avs, to see him finally be rewarded for all that hard work, uh, I was really excited for him. And it was actually a really good shot, too. <laughs> it really was. I mean, he, was, beat him, he beat him clean. Yeah, like it was a good shot. Um, so I was happy to see Keeper Sherwood score. It was 2 nothing. And then, like we talked about with Kopitar getting that one pass, Kemper it was two one. But I, I, I can't say enough good things about that game. Like, because like we both said, I thought we were gonna lose, and I thought we were gonna get blown out. I didn't think it was gonna be particularly close. Just judging off that game against the Ducks, I really didn't think we were gonna have anything left in the tank, and they didn't have anything left in the tank. But your team showed resolve. That's a game they lose, I think, probably last year. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, that's a game they lose last year. All right. It, it just felt like at certain points of this game, we didn't have the puck for like five minute stretches. We were just yeah. completely in our own defensive zone. And at a certain point, Kemper played outstanding facing 41 shots. But even defensively, I still thought we did well limiting the high danger chances still. Yeah. We still we kept them to the boards. We kept them to the blue line. Like, it, that's impressive to do. I mean, they had every excuse to lose this game. They had every single excuse, and I I know I shouldn't be looking this far ahead, but I keep looking at those Vegas backs-to-backs in February, and I'm nervous. I'm nervous because I don't know if you beat Vegas playing the way you played against L.A. I don't. No. So I, don't, I, I, mean, I don't. I'm nervous for those. That, that, that's one of the few times I am nervous. Um for a back-to-back most of them i mean the ads have been great on back-to-backs after that game they moved to 4 and one like that's that's a sign of a really good team that you're winning on your second half of back-to-backs but those games scare the shit out of me i don't know about you yeah i mean i, I have to see how they respond to the all-star break because i think they need they need some rest badly but we're not even close to there yet we still got four games left five games left before the breaks, we got three next week, and then we got Buffalo and Arizona. So we still got five to go. So it's not going to be an easy stretch before then, but I think some rest will do them some real good. But just going back to this game here, late in the season and in the playoffs, you have to you have to find ways to win games like that where you just your legs aren't there, the skills not working, you're getting outshot. You need your goalie to steal a game. This this was Darcy Kemper's best performance of the season, like you said earlier. This is what you need. Yeah, you need Darcy Kemper to play good. And I didn't think he was that far off all year. Like, you knew this was coming. Just judging off his play, he was having some bad bounces go away. And like we talked with Raj, his uh, low-scoring danger, his low-scoring chances against, he was really bad. But I, I'd say in these past three games, he's been at the best form he's been all year. I think I tweeted it out. If he doesn't get hurt in the Minnesota game, I, I think he probably still posts like a 920 save percentage. Like he was playing really well in that game. Yeah, he was he was a 923 up to that point. He'd only given up the one Fiala goal. Yeah. And even, and even then, Frankie came in and pretty much shut the door outside of the defensive lapses. Like both of our goalies have just been outstanding for the yeah. last week and a half. And now all of a sudden, you know, no one's talking about, well, they need to trade for Marc Andre Fleury anymore. Right. Yeah. And like you were talking about, Griffin, um, we both were against trading for Mark Andre Fleury and we could go into some Mark Andre Fleury slander, but I don't think we'd go there because people would chop our heads off. Um, but I, I never thought we had to trade for him. I'm glad that those trade rumors will die down 
because uh, even I if think, Kemper, I think that's optimistic. I don't think they're going anywhere. I hope they go away. It, the thing is, is you could wait until free agency if Kemper fucks up and you can sign Marc-Andre Fleury in free agency and not have to give up any assets for him. Because we were talking off air, the goaltending free agency this year is pretty deep. Like there's some good goal. It's not like last year where it was Grubauer or nothing. Like there's a lot of good goalies on the market. And if Darcy Kemper continues to play the way he's playing, if Pablo Francois wants to sign a deal like he did, if I remember, it was two years, two million, I think is what he signed for. Um, and you can get Kemper and Francois back. I, I feel totally fine with the abs going forward in the goal. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting when we do get to the offseason what we're going to do with our goaltending. I mean, we got more than half a season to, to figure that out right now, but Kemper's a UFA. He's three and a half. He's really four and a half, but Arizona's retaining a million. Francois is two million. I feel like at, at minimum for Darcy, I feel, I feel like fair is like around five, five and a half. Can't be more than three years. I'm well against more than three years for any goalie ever. Same with Krubauer. Especially of his age, too. At his age, 31. Yeah, and I was the same with Krubauer last year, too. But I don't think that the rumors are going to go anywhere because people outside of Avalanche fans don't watch Avs games. If they did, they wouldn't say any of this. So, right. I mean, people are still going to be like, well, the Avalanche are going to be looking for goaltending. They need to trade for Marc-Andre Fleury, and they need to trade for Elvis Merzlikens. They need to get rid of both of their goalies because they're both terrible. I mean... You see like the analytic charts that Jay Fresh puts up out there and it has like the avalanche, like goal save above expected, like in the bottom five, not taking into account Jonas Johansson and Eustace Annanen. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the, the perceptions that we don't get goaltending and yet it hasn't been great. Like the last month or so, the last two weeks has shown just how good the goaltending can be. Yeah. And you got to think the abs defensively are going to get better. Like they're not going to keep allowing 35, 40 shots in a game. That's just so not the avalanche. But that I, th- I think it kind of proves my theory from a couple episodes, right? That Kemper plays better the worse we play in front of him. That, like, well, you know, it was kind of the same thing in Arizona. The worse you, they play, the better he plays. And the better we play, the worse he plays. Yeah. You may have been onto something, man, because he, he has been like, he's been, put in some terrible situations these past two games and he's stood on his head. So you may be right. He could be one of those players who just plays better when everything's crumbling in front of him. And cause I mean, if you think about when we go back to when he was playing bad, it was when the average scoring seven goals a game and that was considered bad for Darcy Kemper. You know what I mean? Yeah. So defensively we were pretty strong in those games as well, but you look at the Kings gave up over 40 shots. You look at the Habs. We, that game was even worse defensively. We, the only, because we played the Habs, we gave up less shots. They're just yeah. terrible. They missed the net probably like on, we'll talk about later. The yeah, game. We'll, they we'll talk the about it, but that was the, I'd say the worst defensive performance of the season. And he was still very, very good in that game. Like, yeah. I, just, I don't know. Maybe he just needs to be focused at all times. And the, the, the more time between shots, the less, focused he is like I, I don't know what it is with him you, you were on to something with uh your prediction so I, I think you just ride that take for at least till the end of the year yeah because I I do think the abs defensively are gonna get better in front of him um better yeah I mean I, I think they will but I mean just to put a bow on that Kings game because it really wasn't that exciting man like it was really kind of other than Darcy Kemper there was not much going on I don't it's miraculous the abs scored four goals um, you get bailed out. We got to, do we start to question if knack just loves taking penalties in the offensive zone? Oh, this, this like, is a thing. 
Like, yeah, like he, is he, he that his favorite thing to do? He likes, there's no other explanation. He likes to do it. There, I've never seen a player in the league take penalties like that in the offensive zone. It's not even just that he takes penalties. He only does it in the offensive zone. Yeah, he's good in the defensive single, end. Every single time. It's not just like a thing that came over with the abs. That was the number one scouting report I got from Flyers fans. Is this fucking guy takes penalties in the offensive zone every single game. And I have never seen such a correct analysis of a player in my life. And yeah. he, did, he did score in this game. He scored on that very nice breakaway to make it 3-1 in the third period. But did he not take the... Or he, he scored that goal coming out of the box, didn't he? Yeah, he scored coming out of the box. Yeah. He made up for the bad penalty. I mean, maybe that was the plan all along. It, I mean, yeah, he was you thinking. Can't argue, you can't argue with the results. Yeah, he was thinking like 10 steps ahead. He was playing chess while everyone was playing checkers. Um, but yeah, he, he that was the luckiest goal. Like, I'd be so mad if I was a Kings fan. I probably would have, like, if I was playing that game in a video game and I was dominating my opponent as much as I was, and he scores on that shit. I would have rage quit so hard, thrown my controller against the wall. Oh, and I have, I have very much done that. There's a reason yeah. I've not played NHL in three years. Yeah. I whole so, episode on how much I hate those games. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was crazy. And then to end the game, Devon Taves, who we didn't, we didn't got time. He played 27 minutes in this game. I mean, we we're talking about how tired these guys are. Like, Devontae is, is a fucking masochist. Like this guy yeah. is insane. And Kale McCarr played more than he did. Yeah. Like, like Kale McCarr and Devontae are fine. These guys have to be crazy. There's no yeah. other way. And like, like they like, played fantastic in this game. And like that was the least he's played in the last four games. Yeah. In Minnesota, he played 28 minutes. He played even more against the Ducks. He played almost 29. In this one, he plays just over 26. Against Montreal, he played 27 minutes. This guy is a freak. He really is. He's not normal. He doesn't look tight. I mean, he's making more mistakes than he usually does every once in a while. I've, I've noticed a couple bad turnovers, a couple out of position things. I think that's his way of being tired. But Probably. I mean, physically, this guy does not stop ever. No. And he probably worked out after the games, too. Probably. I mean, no one deserves an empty net goal more than him. Um, but yeah, Devon Taves is a freak. Kale McCarr is a freak. Um, and we'll talk about Sam Gerard when we get to the Montreal game. Cause we're both feeling pretty good about Sammy G right now. Yeah. He is um, cooking. Yeah. He's cooking. So yeah, that Kings game, I really got nothing else on it, man. Like it, it was kind of like, it was a boring win in the fact that the abs didn't really do much and they still somehow won the game. Yeah. I mean, like we'll talk about with Montreal, it's a sign of a good team when you, you play like shit and you can still find a way to, to come out on top. And I should mention on Devontae's too, he is tied for his career high in points and is one away from his career high in goals. And we are, he's 28 games into the season. Yeah. So you're telling me Devontae's pretty good. He's pretty good. And he's not going to get any Norris consideration, which is a sham. Well, yeah. Cause it's Kale McCarr is taking all this Norris. If, if Kale McCarr is going to take any should, but like Devontae's is the, is he's the perfect defenseman. He is. He's the perfect modern age defense. Like him and like Headman, I think is still like the perfect defensive player of like, if you build a defenseman in a lab, it's, it's Victor Headman. Yeah. But for today's NHL, Devon Taves is the perfect defenseman. Like he just is, he's not big. He doesn't skate particularly fast, but he's smart. He never gets fucking tired. He's always in the right place. Always makes the right decision. He's just such a smart defenseman. Um, 
I don't think there's a better like like built defenseman for today's NHL because you got to be able to skate. Like Hedman's just a physical freak. You shouldn't be able to move that fast at what is he six six? Yeah, Hedman's just a genetic. He's- freak yeah. of nature like you just shouldn't be able to do the kind of things that he does i mean uh going going back to the kings the lightning played them with four defensemen and they played 34 minutes man yeah and they were talking before the game or i heard this on 31 thoughts friedman was saying that he was excited before he couldn't sleep like take his nap before the game because he was so excited because he wanted to see if they would be able to win it like, he, he, he's a unicorn he's six he's a- six 229 pounds and is one of the more mobile defensemen in, in the league. I mean, still at his age too, right? He's still, he's 31. Yeah. He's, he's, I'd I'd argue still in his prime, but like at the very tail end of it, he's a great defenseman and he's going to be a great, like he should, he won what two Norris's should be more. Yeah. It should be more, should be more. I mean, Kale McCarr, I, I would take Kale McCarr over Victor Hedman, but I may be a little biased. I mean, Kurt, um, like right now on my team and building a team around it, yeah. But in their primes, because we know Kale McCarr is still not even in his prime. I don't think McCarr is in his prime yet. And he's already doing this. So I I don't know. Like that's to, we're totally getting off topic here, but I think I, I'm ex- I'm extremely biased though, man. I would take Kel McCarr over Victor Hedman probably if I'm starting a team at both of them and their prime. Yeah, I mean, I'm biased to shit. I don't want fans telling me that I'm not biased. I'm admitting that I am very biased. Victor Hedman only has one Norris. That's a sham. That's crazy. That's crazy. He has as many as PK Subban. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who else? Mark, Mark, Yo- Mark Giordano, Roman Yossi, and Adam Fox after him. I mean, he's been, he's been nominated in all those years. Hasn't yeah. he? I feel like yeah. that's more impressive. Yeah. I mean, like the Giordano one, I, I think is kind of a, a stinky poo-poo one. But he, he Roman was, Yossi's... Yeah. And Giordano... He wasn't was, what? Giordano was legitimately good that year, but like, it just looks bad for Hedman yeah. to only have one. That's why, I don't know, if he continues to play the way he, he may steal some... Because this may be like, I don't know, man. He's such a freak. He'll probably, he'll be just like Ovechkin. Those Russian, like Russian and Sweden players just are freaks. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd still, like, Kale McCarr and Devon Taves, I think, are just the perfect modern NHL defenseman. Like, if you're building a defenseman for today's NHL, you want a Kale McCarr or Devon Taves. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that's just, it's ludicrous that he played 34 minutes. Like, these defensemen are playing ridiculous minutes. Remember what was it? Was it with Columbus that Seth Jones played like 58 minutes in a game in like that quadruple overtime game? Yeah, that like five overtime game. He played like almost an hour, I think. That's crazy. I, I feel like that led to him being like the most overrated player I've ever seen. Yeah. But because he they still lost that fucking game. <laughs> I feel yeah. like a lot of people forgot that. But yeah, he I I have to find that now. He I think he played like almost an hour in that yeah and i get winded from walking up the stairs yeah i couldn't imagine skating and doing all that shit but yeah defensemen i think are some of the best athletes on or most well-conditioned at players of all the players because even mckinnon his max ice time is like 25 minutes like that's that's a big game for mckinnon yeah i mean he played 22 minutes against the habs and that's that's a lot for him i mean that's a lot for any forward he played 25 minutes against the wild which is a lot he was a man in that game. Yeah, he was a, a freak. I mean, McKinnon will play like around 20 minutes a game for the yeah. most part. And Devontae is playing seven minutes more than that. That's crazy. Yeah. God. 
Just what a freak. We talk about every episode. Just what what a freak of nature. He's ridiculous. And I'm so glad that Avs fans are starting to realize that about Devontae. I think people like Avs fans knew how good Devontae's was last year, but showing even more this year because not only has he taken the next step in his play, but Kale McCarr's somehow taken a step forward in his play too, which I didn't think was possible because Kale McCarr was fantastic last year, but he's been better than he was last year. So just seeing those two continue to push each other has been fantastic. Um, we're blessed, hashtag blessed, to have those two as our top D pair. Yeah, then Dmitry Filipovich put out like a highlight tape of all of Devontae's like defensive plays this season. I highly encourage all of you go and watch it right now because it's he's unbelievable. He makes the kind of things that like you don't even notice. Yeah, because he makes them look so effortless. Yeah. Like it's a great play and he has no idea like um, – a couple of those back checks, he chases down people who are like 10 feet in front of him. Yeah. He's like, fast. Like that's like, that's one of the things like I don't really realize about him. He's fast as hell. I just can't imagine. Like, I think if we ever interviewed Devontae's, which would be a hashtag goals. Um, I don't even know. Would we just be like, dude, how do you play like 28 minutes in a game? Like, do you like lecture it afterwards? Yeah. Like, are you tired? Like what, what, what goes on in your head, man? Like I, I would just be, I, just such a stupid idiot. Being, if we being realistic, if we had Devontae's on here, I would be like, dude, like, how are you, why, how are you so cool? Yeah. Like what? Like your baby's like super cute. Um, is it like helped having a baby with your play? Like, <laughs> we did stupid shit like that. I'd be like, um, dude, like, why do you just do that? Like, what is, hey, what's up with that? You're a crazy guy, man. Like, oh man, I can't even like, like I'd like, I would prepare for it for a week straight. I'd have like 50 questions. I'd, I'd see him. And I'd just be like, whoa, what's up, man. Dude, are you so <laughs> like, how do you we just like, boy the fuck out? Like it just as a preview, if we ever had a player on the show, like I would, it would take me five minutes to ask like any question. I'd be like, dude. So like, what, how do you, when, yeah. so remember when the, when, so, you know, like the part where you'd, and then, so, yeah. you, so like, what, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? Um, what, what, what makes you want to play hockey so well? I talked about you on an episode before. So like, yeah, dude, I'd have no idea. Like I'd panic. I'd panic so hard. Dude. Like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. We aren't professionals. We don't know why people give us these microphones. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our brand new sponsors at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that does not mean you have to drop the ball on your balls. It's time you bring sexy back in 2022 and step your game up with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com and use code ABSITIS for 20% off plus free shipping. Griffin, it's almost 2022. It's time to ramp up your exercise and grooming routine this year for maximum gains. You know, and what better way to do that than with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, containing six essential tools for the ultimate below-the-waist grooming routine. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin and also comes equipped with advanced skin safe technology to reduce cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. We've all had our horror stories in the past, but Manscaped takes those possibilities away 
for you. So you've got nothing to worry about. And best of all, it also comes equipped with a 4,000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 is going to be. And Griffin, it's also time to freshen up down there for the new year. The crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's fantastic. And for on-the-go freshness after you leave the gym, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Yeah, and Manscaped even threw in the Shed Travel Bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs are also included and will bring your boys down south to the next level. And Griffin, we can't forget about this. Manscaped also wants to go beyond the groin this year with their new refined cologne, which offers a light yet masculine, pleasing fragrance. It is fantastic, guys. I love it. Yep. Manscaped, ever since they sent me this package, has changed the way I shave. And I'm not kidding at all when I said I thought I was happy with my old razor. The performance package 4.0 has just made me feel a lot better. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code as it is at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code as it is. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. But yeah, that, that, that's a wrap on the Kings game. As you can see, we went off a full tangent. Yeah, we, I think we wrapped on the Kings game a little bit. Yeah, ago. yeah, because there's nothing else to talk about. Um, I, I guess we can make a seamless transition here to the uh, the game that happened on uh, Saturday night against the last place Montreal Canadiens. Who, I mean, the, the Canadians in the their past three games have played not terribly. They're giving up a fuck ton of shots, but their goalies are making a fuck ton of saves. Um, and the abs escape with a 3-2 overtime win. And I think you and I both text each other saying, what the fuck was that game? Yeah, the I didn't think this game was going to be close, even with how tired we were. And we go up one nothing in the first period off that beautiful new hook shot. And then they just kind of let them hang around the entire time. Like the Habs, they are not good. Let, 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 let's not mince words. If they play Chicago, who they're going to play next, but if they play Chicago playing like that, you lose 5-2. Yep, 100%. I, we talked about it a little bit before. I, I think the Canadians missed the net on more two-on-ones in this one game than I've seen a team over a whole season. Like they missed the net so many times. Like this team, like I know they just took us to overtime, but that's kind of my point here. We played like shit. The Habs are awful. Yeah, this is this is a legitimately terrible team, but that also goes to show you can't take a night off against these teams because you are still playing professional hockey players, and they've still they still have Nick Suzuki, who's yeah very good. Yeah, and Primo, am I saying his name right? Primo, Caden Primo. Yeah, Caden Primo. He played the game of his life. I mean, he was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we're we are about to rag on the Abs. For the most part, Kate, we have to acknowledge that Caden Primo absolutely goalied us tonight or not yeah. a few days ago. Like what, a, what an effort. That was his first career start. Like, yeah, he what? was fantastic, man. I don't know. The Canadians goalies have been fantastic. I think going into the game, like they had given up like 150 shots in their past three games. <laughs> they had won one of them and they were one, they're one Oh, and two in those games after the Sevens game. Like, so what it's truly crazy. Thing. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. That first period, like you you kind of talked about a little bit with Newhook, that's becoming his spot. Like that little bumper roll for him, that was becoming his spot. And I know we talked a little bit off air about this. I don't think it's crazy if Alex Newhook gets 20 goals this year. 
I really don't. Oh. He's at nine now with half the season left to play. He I don't think do it's it. crazy he gets to 20. Yeah, I mean, and we have to remember for Newhook, he didn't really play much in October because he was in the AHL, yeah. like rebuilding his confidence. And now he's found a, a role on that power play in that bumper slot. And he's scoring at like a pretty consistent pace. Like he's scoring like at least every couple of games. I mean, he only had a two game break in between goals. And like, he goes quiet every now and again. He did not play well against the, the Ducks and the Kings, I wouldn't say. But in this Habs game and against the Wild, he's he's started to, to carve out a little spot for himself. And he's at 20 years old, he's making tons of progress right now. That like yeah. he is he's a revelation on this team right now. He's a luxury. He's our third line center and just makes us that much deeper. I love him with O'Connor and Knack. I think they're a good line. What a they're great a good line. Like, yeah, that's that's a good third line. You can throw that up against a majority of other teams, and it stacks up pretty well. Like yeah. I'd love to see, I'd love to see um, a guy like JT Comfort. I get are they playing? Is he playing with Comfort or is it Knack up there? If it, if it's not Knack, it should be because Comfort was brutal. In yeah, he was, and I I'm I, I like. Sure, I'm pretty sure it's Comfort. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's comfort, but I like the way that Newhook and O'Connor, I think their styles fit each other really well because um, O'Connor's just kind of in like the fuck it, I'm going to just do everything mode and Newhook's a little bit smarter. Newhook's not nearly as physical as O'Connor. Um, I like that line together. I like Newhook on that second power play unit with Sam Gerrard. Um, and I just, this kid has such a bright future, man. Like he could score 20 goals in his rookie year. Like that's yeah, crazy. This, this season. I mean, he he's only played 30 games. He's got nine goals. He's got 14 points. He is locking down that third line role. All in all likelihood, he's getting bumped up to the second line next year when inevitably somebody leaves. And, you know, we were talking about this a little off air too. If you could find a way to bump Val down, like at the deadline or something, you go out and acquire another top six winger somehow and you have a third line of Val, Newhook and O'Connor that that that's a, that's a group of murderers right there. That's a disgusting third line. Like that's a truly disgusting third line how good that'd be. Like you you could stack that up with the rest of the league and our top 9 forwards would be like the only team that could potentially be better. Maybe Vegas with Eichel healthy. Maybe the Panthers. Maybe I mean, like, none, of, none of them have the best line in hockey as their yeah. top line. And then they don't have potential 100-point scorer Nazem Kadri as their second-line center. Dude, could you imagine if the Avs could have kept Brandon Saad, how um, gross this team would be? There was no way we could have done it because Why of the does cap. the salary cap have to yeah. exist? But could you imagine Brandon Saad on that second line with Kadri and Burakovsky right now? It'd be just disgusting. Or even just yeah. Saad on the third line with how good Val's playing. He has yeah. Saad with Newhook and O'Connor. Just it's so I hate the salary cap so much. It's it's I hate it. I hate it. I, it doesn't like I know I'm I know I'm a baby, but I know I hate it because it's hurting my team. But I really wanted to keep Brandon Saad so bad. Yeah, but Landy's Landy was worth it. Like Man, yeah. we had to have the sacrificial lamb. Yeah, because the thing salary cap like you're not allowed to be too good. You can't be too smart of a manager after making that sod trade. Yeah, well because and it's it's the. They don't want the NHL to be like it was back in the 90s when the Red Wings and the Avs just spent more than everyone else and won like 
won like six cups in a row between the two of them. So, yes, I mean, it works. It works. I mean, the parody in the NHL is better than any other sport. It works. The parody in the league is great and blah, blah, blah. It sucks, though. But I I do think we'll talk more about potential trades for the abs um, when we have that little seven day break in February. Uh, because Griffin and I were spitballing a little bit off air and we, we kind of cooked up some ones that we think could be interesting. Um, <clears throat> Joe Pavelski. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. Preview preview. Um, but I, I do think if you add that top six forward, I, I do think you bump Val down and that's the top, the three lines would be on wow. I don't even know if the fourth line would play that much. And, the, and then <laughs> you're talking about your fourth line being, Oh, you're talking about Comfer. Jost and Knack. Yeah. That's, that's a third a, line. That's a third line yeah, playing. It's a great one. Like, I don't know. How. And Helm's your optional guy too. Yeah. And Darren Helm's not even playing. Yeah. Like you can put him in for Jost or Comfer somewhere along the way. Like, I don't know how we would get a top six four. And I promise we're going to get back on track to the Habs game, but I don't know how we would do it. Like, I, I know the rumor was Claude Giroux. I don't know how much I believe that, but if we could I somehow, I don't believe it. There's, if we could somehow find a way to get Drew or Pavelski or like a top six forward, like a bona fide guy, like on this team, a top six forward, which on most teams, I guess is the first liner. But yeah, if we could somehow do that, I don't know how we do it. We don't have cap space. We don't have draft picks, but if we could somehow do it, I, I salivate at just how deep this team could be like Val on the third line is criminal. Yeah, it truly is because he, he's his production is out of this world right now. Um, and he, oh yeah, we forgot to mention, Big Val was back for this game against the Canadians. Uh, showed up, sh- showed up in a in a big way. Um, scored the second goal of the game on the power play. I guess we can circle that back now to the to the actual game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a seamless transition. Val yeah. scores a goal in this game. Yeah, we, I mean, we brushed over it on the first goal. Sam Gerrard has been. Cool hooking recently yeah. and he single he, these these were his goals i would say like he set both of these up absolutely perfectly we don't win this game without sammy yeah i mean sam gerard was is playing the best hockey of the year so far for him like without a doubt he's playing the best hockey of his season um he's had some bumps i would say he hasn't been nearly as consistent as uh McCarr or Taves, but that's hard to compare someone yeah, to. I mean, even even as much as last season, I wouldn't say Gerard's been as consistent as himself. Yeah. Uh, he's been much more up and down, but he's definitely on in up right now. I also want to talk about Val's offensive instincts compared to last year are through the roof. Yeah. Him driving to the net on that play and Gerard finding him there. Like you, you wouldn't have seen that from Val last year, who now has 11 goals, by the way, which is crazy can so I, I would i would have been happy if he hit 12 by the end of the season and he, now he, he could get to 22 he's 23 games he's gonna hit 20 he could hit 25 he's played That's 23 crazy. games he's got 11 goals and last season he had 10 yeah it's like good. the fact that he now knows to drive the net on a power play as simple as that may sound he's now figured out to do that deflections and just just in general, he just seems to know what to do on offense now, which was just not the case last year. It's been great to see him grow. Yeah, it's been awesome to see him grow. And you, I, I like the comparison you use. He had stone hands. 
Yeah, he was he was Stonehands Val all last year. And I remember t- coming into the season, we were talking about, well, you now you don't have Saad. Who's going to replace all those goals? Because they're not going to come from Val. Lo and behold, they have come from Val almost yeah. at the exact same rate, if not better than what Saad did last season. And like he he really is just, I feel like, the Achilles heel of this team in a good way. I mean, that, I feel like that yeah. would sound like he's a weakness, but he's not. Like he's the he's like the nervous system of this team. We saw what it's like when he's not in the lineup. There's not as much push from a lot of people. And he just brings a defensive element to the game that not everyone on the team brings. Now he's found some offensive firepower. I was thinking about this today too. I don't think it's going to be as easy to keep him as we'd like. I think there's some teams out there paying close attention to Val Nichushkin right now and are going to be willing to throw some money his way this offseason because that may, like fantasy scenario. We go on to win the Stanley Cup. I feel like Nichushin's going to get a Blake Coleman treatment. I don't think that's crazy. I guess that makes a lot of sense. A Barkley Goudreau type treatment too. Yeah, like big term, big money. I'm talking like five million dollars, which I mean for him that's big. Yeah, that's for big him money. that's big. But I also feel like it's fair for what he brings, especially this season. I feel like because he's not old either. Like. I think he's in mid twenties, right? It, it feels like he's older than he is, but he's twenty six. Yeah, he came in the league when he was eighteen. Like, if if you give Val term, like if you give him five years, it expires when he's 31, 32 years old. Like, that's not yeah. bad. No, like, you don't you don't have to worry about giving him term. So, but that's the problem with the second line is the second line's playing too well, and we can't resign all of them. They're too goddamn good. Yeah, we can't resign all of them. Man. Stop being so good. We have to play next year too. You know. Yeah. We can't resign all. We're going to lose one of them, maybe two. Yeah, like, it might like it might not even be up to us. Some teams may just offer ludicrous contracts, and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, I mean the the good thing is we have more than half of the season to go and an entire playoff run before we have to worry about any of them leaving. But like my God, Kadri's on a hundred point pace. Nichushkin's having a career year. Berkey could still hit thirty goals somehow. He's quietly. It's just the other two on his line are playing so well. And Berkey's just been okay. Yeah. Like, I, I feel bad for Berkey in this game, though, because I feel like he played well. He was flying. And usually when he plays like that, he at least picks up a point for him to get nothing in this game. And it, was, it wasn't his fault. I'm always I'm always the first to, to, to ride Berkey for playing bad. He played well in this game. I've, well, he set up – didn't he set up Kadri on that disallowed goal? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he, that was a beautiful pass yeah. to Kadri on the back. And that's what I mean. That's how well he was playing. Yeah, he and was playing I, well. And for him to, to not get anything, especially have it taken back – I mean, he's a confidence-driven player. Um, yeah. I, I hope this doesn't hurt him because if he keeps playing like that, it's going to go in for him pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, he's, it's just that uh, Kadri and Nachushkin have played so well. And I think because Berkey has been more durable than both of them. I mean, Berkey, which is shocking to say because yeah. yeah, Berkey Ber- has never been durable. Yeah. I mean, he's missed a couple. He hasn't missed any games. So he's been out there every single game. Um, and you can feel when Kadri's out, you can feel when Nachushkin's out of the lineup. Uh, we haven't had that with Berkey yet. So um, yeah, the second line was great. We're going to lose two of them. It's just going to suck. It's going to suck because, like we were talking about, there, some teams going to sign Kadri to like a seven year, $7.5 million contract. Yeah. Some team and, and like we were talking about Val and his age, Kadri is not young. He's 31. 
He, and he took a team-friendly deal with the Leafs, and he just changed his agent to Darren Ferris, who is the most notorious agent in the league for playing hardball. So we are not getting a team-friendly discount with Nazem Kadri. Do not even begin to expect that to happen because it, it's simply not. Nazem Kadri is going to get seven and a half minimum. Yeah, and he's going to. Is is Val an RFA or is he UFA? No, they're all UFA. Oh, that fucking blows. Yeah, because he's 26. That fucking blows. Yeah, yeah Berkey's. I know Berkey's UFA. Yeah, Berkey's, Berkey's UFA for first time in his career, too. So yeah. I, I think he's going to get paid. I mean, I, it's going to be tough to keep these guys. We're going to talk about it all season long. We talked about it even before the season started. But, man, they're just so good. And, man, they're all fucking expiring, which yep. sucks. Yeah, it fucking blows. I'm going to laugh. Uh, Berkey, uh, I'm gonna call it now. If Berkey doesn't resign with the abs, he signs with the Capitals. No, <laughs> I mean, I want that. I would, if I could keep Berkey on one team, one of my teams from his entire career, I would love it, but he's not going back there. He will not go back there. That'd be funny if he did. I mean, they, they treated him like shit, and that was with Todd Reardon. Peter Laviolette would hate him. Yeah, it's fair. I, the team that falls in my head is Dallas for him. Which that I makes a lot of sense. Like, I haven't I haven't thought about it because I don't want to, but just like while you were talking, that was just the first team that popped into my head. See, I, I, have, I have absolutely nothing to support that. For for Nas, I have Ottawa. For for Nas, I agree with Ottawa. I think Berkey, I think Detroit. Oh, that's better. No. Yeah. Vrana I think, and Vrana and Berkey in Detroit. God, I hate that. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's what happens. Um, no, we'll like preview that. all of this. We, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to free agents here. Um, yeah, I, I don't hate that Berkey on the Red Wings. I, I could see that. I hate it. Yeah, I, oh, I hate it. But like that's that just makes too much sense for me as Berkey it, on the Yeah, and I hate how right you are because that's absolutely going to happen. Yeah. And then I'm going to have to like partially like the Red Wings, which is. Oh, God, I couldn't do that. I don't, um, I don't, I don't know if I can do it. No, you couldn't. You couldn't. But after yeah, I'm to announce my Berkey fan card. Yeah, that would be oh, that'd be truly horrific. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if the team of your choice wins. That's right. Pick any of the four teams left, bet $5, and you can get 56 to 1 odds. And if you're not a new customer, don't worry. You can get you can experience the conference championships with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. 
See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, back to the episode. Now, getting, I could getting see... Getting back I, to the Habs game. Yeah, getting back to the Habs game. Um, Habs are up 2 nothing. It seemed like everything was cruise control. Well, I, I wouldn't say cruise control because... We were still Habs, not playing yeah. defense at this point, but we're playing the Montreal Canadiens. Yes. The Habs were truly bench. horrific. Yeah. They were really bad, and Darcy Kemper was really good again. Um, we already did our Darcy Kemper, respect Darcy Kemper tirade earlier in the game, but uh, they, the Canadians scored with like two minutes left in the second period. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was a, it, they finally capitalized on one of the odd man rushes they had against the Avalanche, and Darcy almost made that save. Like It was actually a bad shot because it just stayed flat on the ice the entire time and slid under his pad. Yeah, I think that's um, why I think that's why he scored because it was such a bad shot and Darcy yeah. was like the the Habs sucking actually worked out for them for once. Yeah, it was Arturi Lekkinen who scored the goal. Who I don't remember off the top of my head. He's gone like forever without scoring a goal this season. If I can quickly look, his last goal was November twenty seventh. So, yeah. oh no, sixteenth. I missed it, but. Yeah, he has not scored a lot this season. That was his fifth goal this season. Nick Suzuki played outstanding in this game. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, he set but, up Lekkinen, and that that pass across, like you said, that shot was so bad it went in. And it's, yeah. like, it's not even like it was a bad goal for Kemper. It was just like he was expecting a good shot, and he he whiffed it, but not enough for it to miss the net. Yeah, it was – like I watched the replay of it because even the announcers were a little confused on how that puck went in because it didn't get off the ice. It just it, it slid all the way under Darcy's pad. Um, I think if that shot gets even off the ice, Darcy makes that save. Yeah, he had he had everything covered except like the the ice itself. Yeah, that ice. Was, I mean, that puck gets an inch off the ice. He makes the save. Yeah. So it's two one. Going into the third period, I I didn't feel good about the third period. Just judging off how the Abs have played in the first two, I wasn't expecting much of a much of a change. Um, and it, it it didn't. I mean, the power po- or the penalty kill, which had been good for the past couple games, they did the patented abs thing. They killed a minute and thirty seconds of it, and then the Habs scored on a lucky bounce. I mean, it, it bounced right to Suzuki. Yeah, I mean, I I do have to say that was my one gripe with Kemper over the last couple of games that 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 looked like a a classic rebound control problem. Yep. But LOC needs to get that puck. Out. And that has been a big problem with him recently is yeah. those bad clearing attempts. He throws it the he throws it across the ice. Yeah. I don't get why he does that. He did it against Minnesota and he did it against Montreal. Get it out of the zone. If you're, if like if you have to throw it across ice and there's nowhere else to throw it, then do it, it as hard as you can. The, the one thing you ever learn in sports like hockey and lacrosse is you never put the puck or the ball up the center of the ice. Nope. That is asking for a nightmare. And now he's done it twice in the last four games. Like you gotta, you gotta know better at that yeah. point. It, it wasn't, it wasn't LOC's best effort. Um, it wasn't the abs best effort, but that goal is so preventable. Like you shouldn't have even been put in that situation. And like the abs did great on that P that PK was fantastic for a minute and 30 seconds. It was great. And then you can't get the puck out and it results in a goal. It's two, two. And I will say, I thought after the Habs tied it, I thought maybe the abs would find another gear, 
I they mean, played they have still ended up with what 47 shots. Yeah, I mean, they put a ton on Caden Primo. Yeah. They ended up with 46 shots. I mean, yeah. that's a it's a testament to just how shit the Canadians are. Yeah. And so the, like the thing was, like we we touched on a little earlier. We had the Nazem Kadri goal that got taken back. It it was offside. It was a beautiful yeah. feed from Berkey, but it was offside. And I, I also felt like there was a little bit of air that came out of the balloon. Oh, 100 percent happened too. Cause I was like, okay, we're, we're fine. We're not going to get games up, over. We're not giving up two goals, no matter how bad we are to the Montreal Canadians in a period after that goal went back. I was like, this game's getting tied. Yep. Like they're, we're not playing well enough to not give up at least one. That's exactly what happened. But I feel like after the Suzuki goal, we were like, okay, now we, we gotta, we gotta get a little serious here. Yeah. We don't I agree. This game. They, 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 they picked it up a little bit. Um, I, 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 I want to rip the game, but like the Avs already did that. Like the players spoke after the game, how shitty they played. So it's like, I'm not going to rip them. They already ripped themselves, but it has become kind of a scary habit. The Avs do tend to play down to their opponent. Um, I mean, we saw it with the coyotes in that first game against uh, the Avs at home. And then we saw it again with the Canadians. Like, and you can go all the way back. We were talking about the cracking game. Like they they should have beat the shit out of the Kraken, and they had to Nas had to score with like five minutes left to win that game. So it's hard for a team to get juiced up for all eighty two games, especially against some of these bad teams. But like you've said, these are still professional hockey players that are trying to make a living, and they want to sign their next contract. It's not going to be a cakewalk every fucking game. Yeah, and I feel like you brought up a good point there too. It's an eighty two game season. These guys are very clearly exhausted. I was not expecting 100% effort in this game whatsoever, but like that's it's what they said. It wasn't good enough. It, you've played the two worst teams in the NHL, and you went past regulation for both. And like, I feel I feel like last year kind of set in a little bit too, where it was like the point where like, okay, we play in the Kings for the sixth time. We know we're gonna win. We don't need to try all that much, and they would win anyway. I don't know. I feel like the all-star break is going to do them some good, but we've, we've got a lot of games coming up here that are not going to be easy. You got, yeah. two, you got two in-division games against the Blackhawks. Last time we played the Blackhawks, it was not easy. Nope, and it was not Boston. easy. And you got Boston coming up. Boston's going to be really tough. Yeah. Really, really tough. All right, well, we'll talk about that game. I guess we won't get to because we'll be recording that night. But that game's, that game's terrifying. But before we get to that, let, let's put a bow on this Canadians game. Yeah. Uh, game OT, goes to yeah, all OT, Fs. all Fs. I mean, the Canadians had the puck for like the first like minute, I'd say. Did they even? They, yeah, no, they won the, the face off. Even, they I, won I, the face off. I barely even remember them having the puck. They're 0 7 in overtime yeah. right now. Like, they just, they do not have the talent to compete no. in OT. No, they don't. And hey, surprise, surprise, Big Val makes a play in OT. He um, is so good in overtime. Yeah. I predicted he was going to score the winner, honestly, close enough for me. Yeah, you're close. Just what a monster in OT. Yeah. Like, I, like, you wouldn't really expect it out of him all that much. He doesn't just strike you as that kind of player, but OT just he finds a way to thrive sometimes. Yeah. And he yeah. finds Landeskog wide open. I mean, the, the top line was silent in this game. I mean, the, yeah. the stars in this game for the Avalanche, very quiet. I mean, Landis got, he got the winner in OT. I thought Rantanen was pretty bad in this game tonight. Too. Yeah, it, w- it was his first bad game in a while. He took a couple 
took a couple hits and he, you could tell he was frustrated because he didn't get a couple calls early in the game, which I could go off on a whole tangent about how I, I, I get, you don't want to give the abs eight power plays a fucking game, but when it's clearly a fucking penalty called a fucking penalty, um, I get it because the refs want to make sure that it's even and they don't, it makes no sense. Just call a penalty. If you see a fucking penalty, right. Just, um, do, your, just do your job. Like the, the, yeah. NF, the NFL doesn't care if it's 200 penalty yards to 10, like just yeah. call the penalties, call the penalties. Um, so I, I think Miko got thrown off his game a little bit for sure. Like he definitely, he, he wasn't the Miko ranting we've become used to seeing these past couple games and that shit's going to happen, man. No player is going to play a perfect 82 games, but I like, if me and you didn't have a podcast, I don't think we'd worry too much about it. But since we have to talk about it, we'll bring it up. Um, like Miko wasn't great. I didn't think McKinnon was super. Like McKinnon was good. Yeah, McKinnon had like seven shots, but like yeah, I, you'd you'd expect him to carve up the Habs. Landeskog, I didn't think he was great either. I didn't think McCarr was very good in this game. Like I, no. I feel like this, I feel like this was one of the worst games of the season. This was just a bad game for every Avalanche player. Like, the fact we won the game is ridiculous. Like, th- that's the crazy part to me is that we won this game. Yeah. Um, because everyone kind of had an off night, except I, for Val. I feel like Rantanen, he's had these nights every once in a while for, like, in, in January. But what, sometimes when he plays like this, he scores, like, three points, and he still yeah. like, scores a goal and two assists. It, it's a lot more obvious when he puts up a goose egg. Yeah. So – I, I, I want to put a bow tie on that game. I hope the Avs just kind of bury the phone from that and come out guns a blazing. Cause if you play that way against the Blackhawks, it's going to be bad. I, I just think it's so funny that we're talking about this game. Like we lost, I mean, we haven't, <laughs> lost, we've lost one game in the entire month of January and it was bullshit. Like it was a, to- it was a total joke that we lost that game. It was an overtime game. Yeah, we haven't lost in regulation in 2022. Yeah. I like when you say it better that way. It makes it sound way cooler, even though we're only 24 days into January. Yeah, we're, we're 12 0 and 1 in the, the month of January, which is, or is it 11 0 and 1? I can't I remember. I think it's 11 0 and 1. But regardless, we haven't lost in regulation the entire month. The one overtime game we lost was complete bullshit. The worst call I've ever seen in my life. I don't, no calls topping that this year. That was horrible. Yeah. And it was bad. We haven't, we haven't played well, really since the 5-0 game against Arizona. Yeah. And that, that was against Arizona. Yeah. And like the Minnesota game, the first period was great. Second and third period were not. You still found a way to win that game. The thing, they're finding ways to win, man. Yeah. Like I want to critique this team and you definitely can critique this team because they're far from perfect right now. Um, but this is a sign of a good team. They're winning these games even when they aren't playing their best. Yeah. I mean, so, for, any, for any other team in the league, they're playing like this. We're talking like they're five and five. They're 500. We haven't lost yeah like that's crazy to think about that we even when we play like this we don't lose yeah like it's that's why i think that's why we get so upset at losses just like as a fan base in general because like it's even when we play bad we still find ways to win so when we actually do lose it's like shocking to see yeah i mean i forget the stat they put it up last night since the piss poor start which is just, I think next year when we're doing it was like 500. Yeah. Yeah. Next year. Like let's not have any conversations about freaking out until at least 15 games in the season. I think we all kind of freaked out a little bit. We all did, but they do this every year. The, the blue jackets games. That was, that was my first point ever where I was like, okay, now we might be talking about something here. The entire month of October. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. 
so and and now I think since the that blue blue jackets game, I think I saw they were like 24 2 and 2. Yeah, we're like, the best, we're the best team in the NHL since then. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. This team, like it, it is weird. When's the last time we had to talk about a loss on this episode? Like it, it was the Predators game. Yeah, like, the we've Predators done one loss in that was we're almost three weeks in. Yeah, and that was utter bullshit. The last regulation loss was to the Predators, but that was the the freaking COVID game. COVID game. Like yeah. I I do I don't even count that really. The last like loss loss was the Sens. <laughs> that was that was used like to And then we just had the randomest eight to three loss to Toronto. But again, that was JoJo. We would have lost that game anyway, but oh, yeah. eight to three looks especially brutal. Like, what was it? Dallas. That was the last one where I was like, okay, we genuinely lost that game. Like, yeah, and even in that game, full stop, we lost that game. Even in that game, that third period, the abs dominated the entire third period. Yeah. It was like it was like 22 shots to two. In yeah. that third period. Like, there's just been nothing to really complain about. Like, ever since the, the Columbus loss on November 6th, yeah. which is coming up on three months ago. They just don't lose. They just don't lose all that much. Like, I, I keep waiting for this, like, a losing streak to come in. It just hasn't. Oh, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. happen. I was expecting to lose to the Kings. Boston, I that's going to be a rough one. You got to get up for that game and you got to play a full 60 minutes. Even we actually play hot. the Bruins pretty well though. In yeah. the past couple of years, we've played them pretty well. Yeah. Bruins are hot right now. So you're, you're going to have to get up and play that game. The Chicago games, I think are going to be kind of tough. Then you I think, with, yeah, I think Monday we beat them pretty easily. I think Friday in Chicago is going to be tough. Yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see those games. Then you finish with Buffalo, Arizona before you go to break. And I think it's going to be a much needed break and you're going to, Need to take full advantage because it's Tampa Bay, Dallas, Dallas, Vegas. That's brutal. That's gonna be fun. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be fun. a lot of fun. I mean, three three of four days is playing Dallas and Vegas. Like I might die. Yeah, but they're gonna be either super fun games or I'm going to be super depressed after that. Yeah, they're so, gonna be miserable. Yeah, but I mean, I, I do think that Boston game is the one I have circled that I think the home win streak might end. I think if Monday, tomorrow's or today, when you're listening to this, why wow, I just put you all through a mental pretzel right there. Um, Monday's game against the Blackhawk is really going to determine how I feel about going into Wednesday. Because if they play well and wake up and they actually show that they have some legs, I'll feel way better about that Boston game. But if it's another show of like what has been the past couple, I, I think that may be the time where you, you see that win streak end. I mean, and at a certain point, you can't even be upset. Like we're talking, no. we're talking close to record territory here, yeah. like for league history. And like at a certain point, you can't get away with everything forever. If you played a better team than the Habs, you would have lost that game. Hundred percent. But someone else, someone I forget who it was. Someone made a fair point in our mentions. Like if they weren't playing the Habs, they would be playing better because it's the Habs and they're terrible and it's they fair. Take them seriously. Like they'd be that. Tri- think what this is they'd be trying which is fair they would they, they'd be trying harder if they weren't playing yeah games. And, i agree with that yeah so it, it's still like you just need we need to see some better some better play from the abs and if they go through a little bit of a losing slump yeah they're gonna go through it's gonna happen i'm not gonna get too high or too low i mean we're talking about the abs have game in hands and they're two points back from the number one spot in the nhl which is yeah. crazy to think about if you had told me that a month and a half ago i would have told you you're fucking crazy points per game wise we are now number one 
yeah, we're number one. We have a 0. 0.756 points percentage, and Carolina is a 0. 0.737. Yeah. And Carolina is like, they, they lose games every now and again. They, like, they've lost some pretty bad ones too recently. They've, and they just lost like, to the Devils today. Yeah, they gave up seven to the Devils. They gave up six to the Blue Jackets a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah. like the, the, the Hurricanes are a good fucking team, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the abs are slowly like, I don't know how it happened. Like we're back in the president's trophy discussion, which is crazy to think about um, because this team has not played well. Like you can make a case, like, like the Panthers have played some really good hockey. Like I watch a lot of Panthers games. The Panthers have played some really fucking good hockey. The abs have not played their best hockey over the past week and a half. And they're still undefeated. Like that's crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, Florida came out and didn't play well against the Kraken, and they fucking lost. That's brutal. Yeah, it's tough yeah. to lose to the Kraken. So I don't know, man. I'm excited for Monday's game. I'm excited for Wednesday's game. Um, and then Friday's game scares the shit out of me. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I I want to see how they do going into the break. I mean, the they're gonna be tough games. You gotta you gotta get up for these because if you keep if you make the same mistakes that you made against Montreal, you're going to lose. Like, it's that simple. Montreal is a genuinely horrendous team. They are worse than the Arizona Coyotes by, like, they they just lost to the Coyotes 5-2, to two, like, within yeah. a week. So you, I keep saying it, and I know I'm a broken record, but you got you got to get up for these games. Any game you get up for, you should win every single yep. time. You should, but it's going to happen. I mean, they're going to lose a couple games. No need to freak out. This team is really fucking good, and they'll be fine. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. This team's really exciting, and the possibilities for this team are endless. Yeah. So I, I I just keep fast-forwarding to the playoffs. That's what you have to do when you're this good. You just yeah. keep fast-forwarding to the playoffs every single year. we got more than half of the season to go. We aren't even halfway through the season yet. We aren't even halfway teams, through the season. Some teams are, but what are we at? We're at we're at 39. Wednesday 39 will be our 41st games. game. <laughs> Wednesday, we will be officially halfway through this season, which is just so strange. So strange to think about. And it's the end of January. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be halfway through the season, man. So I this team is so good. I I just I don't see a way we don't get to the Western Conference Finals, man. I just don't like the central division. We're starting to run away with, and we have games in hand still on some of these teams. Like we're eight points ahead of Minnesota, Minnesota, who I think is the second best team in this division. Um, and we're eight points ahead of them. Yeah. We do have two games. They do have two games in hand on us, but I, I just, we're going to run away with this division. Kind of just like we all predicted at the beginning of the year, Minnesota, St. Louis, Grimbao for the two, three. And I think Nashville falls to the wild card. So, <sighs> I mean, it's crazy, man. Like, I, I two months ago, I would have not predicted the Avs would be this good, but here we are. They just keep finding ways to do. It. I mean, they had and they've had identical starts for like the last three seasons, yeah. from what I recall. And but since they've been this good, isn't this the best start in franchise history? Yep. I saw. Yep. yep, best start in franchise history, which is crazy to think about, considering they were below five hundred starting November. Yeah. So. so even a, a three quarter better start. This team is long. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And they're analytically, they're good. Like there's, this isn't an anomaly. They're just a good fucking hockey team. It's not like the Rangers who are frauds, but. Um, Cause they are. 
They're, I mean, they're pro- not propped up by a 940 goalie. Yeah. They're going to collapse. First round exit for the Rangers. Book it. God, the, the East, like we were talking about off air, like what a group of murderers. Yeah. The, the Rangers are a first round exit waiting to happen. I, I, and I feel like that's not even offensive to say in the East this year. Like no. you're, you're going to have really good teams like bowing out in five or six games. Austin may lose in the first round. Yeah, Boston may lose in the first round, and it might be because they played the Hurricanes. Yeah, like the Caps <laughs> might the Caps might get annihilated, and they probably will because they're going to be a wild card team and probably play Tampa. But you have fun. I'll be, that'll be great. Your so. life's going to be where it's going to be the Caps play first, and then the Avs play second the same night, and you're just going to have to go through like eight hours of playoff hockey. You may die honestly by the end. Uh. The Caps do what I think they're going to do. I think I only have to deal with one team this year. Okay. Fair. Fair. But yeah, yeah you, you got, was it 16, Actually, 17 that won the cup? 18. 18. 18. Actually, yeah, you got, I, no, the Caps, they're going to, they're going to lose in five and three of the games are going to be in overtime. Yeah. hundred percent. That's just what the Caps do. That's what it was last year. So yeah. they're going to make it agonizing. They're going to have close games against Tampa Bay and they're going to lose all of them. <laughs> And you're, they're going to happen on both on the same night, too. Just prepare for that. You're going to have to go through I'm, eight I'm, hours of torture. I'm, I'm predicting it. I am prepared for it. And yeah. then I'm going to I'm gonna be straight faced through those games, and then I'm going to get ready for my real team, which is the Avalanche. Yeah, there you go. Don't disappoint me. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Until that Vegas in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Fingers crossed. We'll see. Fingers crossed. I mean, this is it's January. We're talking about May. But we're yeah. going to be doing that the entire season. Yeah, because, the, like – these games just there's only so much you can talk about. So we're in, we're in the playoffs. It's impossible yeah. for us to miss the playoffs. We're good. Even if we went 500 the rest of the way, we're in the playoffs no matter what. And we're 100%. not going to go 500 the rest of the way. No, they're going to go 75%. <laughs> yeah. We're winning 75% of the games the rest of the way. The only question is whether we're winning the West or winning the President's Trophy or not. Like as long as we have home eyes throughout the West, I'll be happy. Yeah. That's really all I care about. Even then, I wouldn't be upset because they're just, there are times the Avalanche play better on the road. There are times, but they're, in the, they've in been in the playoffs. I mean, not this year. Yeah. We're talking, yeah, I'm about to say this team is look, the one game they lost at home all last year was game five. No, they lost, yeah, game five. Yeah, game five. five. They lost one game on home I saw last year, and that's, that's all it took in that series. It was first yep. team to lose at home loses, and it was us. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking right, Graves, man. Fucking Ryan Graves. But all right. Well, before we get more depressed, let's wrap this show. Sure. You don't want to talk more about the Vegas series. You want to, you don't want to do an, an autopsy. Nope. Nope. You sure. Nope. I'm, nope. I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I will say the curse is broken. Uh, my girlfriend's mom was in town this weekend and the abs did win a hockey game. Okay. So the curse is broken. We were over nine in previous games. So the curse is broken. God, I just, I can't wait for the playoffs. Me either, man. It's more than anything else. Like I, I just nothing matters until the playoffs. I want to go to Colorado and go to a playoff game. Like that's They're pretty that's, fun, man. That's all I think about. That's all I want to do. Like when pretty my fun brain, when my brain's off and I'm not thinking about anything. I'm thinking about, huh? I want to go to Colorado for the Stanley Cup final. God, dude, I don't know if my body can handle that. Like I, I was sweating watching this game. I can't imagine like a game six in the Stanley Cup finals and the abs have the lead. Like I'd fuck. I can't wait till we do live streams in the playoffs. Oh, people are. I hope people watch along because Griffin and I will. I'm a maniac in the play. Like imagine yeah. getting me on a watch along and I just watch the caps get embarrassed 
and I'm going into the, the watch along with that experience. And then I have to do a 60 minute playoff game. Like I remain calm. Know, you, you will not know who I am. Like Isha's going to text me and be like, dude, relax. <laughs> he probably text both of us and be like, yeah, you guys are like freaking out. Actually, right now. no, he'd text us and be like, we're already demonetized. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not demonetized. DraftKings has dropped us. Manscapes dropped us. You've already terminated your contract. Just go for it at this point. Yeah, send it. Get your last minute, a little bit of views. Ugh, all right, man. All right. Well, I we'll got wrap. nothing else. Yep. Let's rock and roll on Monday. We'll Wednesday. wrap here. We got the Blackhawks coming on Monday, which is today for you. We've got the Bruins coming on Wednesday. It's a surprisingly late game, but we'll we'll find a way to deal with it. I think that'll be a pretty fun game. I think we win against Chicago. I. I, it worked out last time we predicted a loss. I think we lose against the Bruins. I don't even think that's an insult. The Bruins are just a good team, and we're we don't have a ton of energy right now. Yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy to think that that game's going to be a loss. But like I said, tomorrow, today, when you're listening to this, this game is really going to determine how I feel about Wednesday's game. Because if they play well against Chicago, I like our chances. Yeah, I mean we're the we're the best team in the NHL. We can do whatever yeah. we want. So. There'll be interesting games. We'll talk to you guys once those are wrapped up, but we will wrap this episode here. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, as always, we always, always appreciate you guys coming back and just, it, it always blows my mind to see how many people listen to us sometimes and like where we rank on the charts. Like it, I try not to think about it because it, it it's just weird. It's very weird. It's, it's very, very, weird. very weird. Like, I don't know any more than you guys, but thank nope. you. I appreciate you guys tuning in time after time again. It's, it really is just amazing. So uh, we'll catch you guys next time. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Bolay. You can follow the show at Teledabs. It is. We'll be doing some more giveaways here like we did for the Montreal game here in the coming weeks. So hope to see you guys there and hope to see you guys on the next episode. And we will talk to you guys then. Enjoy the rest of your week.